from Kalalu Studios in New York City. You are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Kishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Part inspiration, part set down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kishana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. What happened in the meeting after the meeting? We talk about it all on Let's Take This Offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Jillian Mama J Love is deeply committed to empowering professionals who solo shoulder the burden of their company's JEDI, Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion strategy implementation by combining inner reparenting work with anti-racism work. As a queer black mamapreneur, Mama J integrates her two decades of lived and professional experience to guide clients in finding resilience, joy, and rest while co-designing for liberation. As the CEO of Mama J Love Consulting, she holds a vision for the future that liberates leaders from a supremacy mindset in all of its forms to co-build workplace cultures that are diverse, inclusive, and equitable for all. Most mornings, you'll find Mama J with a cup of chai amidst the dance of life, business, and learning with her daughter and her partner. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Kishana, and I am back for another fabulous episode of Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. My friends, I tell y'all this all the time. I mean, I feel like I'm a broken record this season, but it's all good in the hood. But I really have like the dopest friends ever. It's so, so delicious. And so this episode is no different, except that I have an even more awesome human in the world. And so I am so happy to bring to the studio my dear friend, Jillian, also known, belovedly, as Mama J. Hey, friend. Hey. <laughs> in the studio. I'm so happy just with a name like love, you know. And to know her is, in fact, to know all of the goodness that you bring to the table. So I'm super excited to have you hang out with me today. Thank you for having me. It feels like such an honor. I'm excited to jam. (laughs) It's an honor for me. So, okay. So here's the, here, I just, we need to just jump into all of the things. So how did you get to the body of work that you do today? Because like throw folks into like the, the who, what, when, where, of the, the awesome transformation that you get to facilitate every day and how you got to being able to say like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do with this season of my life. Yeah. I mean, what comes to mind is uh, the quest <laughs> that I've been on of love and revolution. And yeah. through that really, acknowledging and accepting that it's an evolution, that it's a lifelong journey. And so I really kind of see it as a becoming and an unbecoming. Um, And I feel like I'm in the season of what can I attract and manifest um, from my unbecoming. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just like breathing in real deep. Every time you talk, you know, I'm just like, ah, so good. Yeah. And I think, like, what are we learning about unbecoming? And the reason I'm asking this question is because when I talk to really powerful humans who are charged with leading other humans to their best and highest use of their time, to their most powerful work, a lot of the conversation comes back to the things that we have to unlearn. And for some of us, it goes back to childhood. You're like, from my earliest memory. So for you, like, (laughs) we have little humans we're gotten in the world. So we're going to talk about that. But what what do you feel like right now you're kind of zeroed in on and focusing on unlearning? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm focusing on how I have transformed my pain into power. And I feel ready to share that so that others can do the same, that we can do so collectively. Um, because I feel like it's my responsibility to share, to also educate and teach and help other folks unlearn so that um, there's not just a few of us up at the top. And I think that's so powerful because I'm, I'm writing, first of all, y'all, I'm writing this down, pain is a power, because I have to tell you, Mama Day, like this season, I feel like almost every single guest at some point in their conversation with me said those exact three words. Like I renamed the whole season because of it. Okay. Because literally the, the epic, I felt like it was like an orb yes. that I saw like the glow come out of. And I know that might be dramatic, but you know, I'm a little dramatic. I um, mean, a little Gemini, you know, no, extra. <laughs> is it extra or is our basic just extra for others? You know? It's true. It's the magic that makes us us. Because I'm a Gemini too. I should fully claim and own. <laughs> yeah, I just want y'all to know well, from the moment we met, we were like, do we go together? Yes, in fact, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't always work. Not all Geminis are meant to, to partner. True, true. This is true. So when it happens, it, it happens. You have to just grab it and run with it. Um, and so, like, moving that pain into power, I think that. For a lot of us, like word choice and how we use language to be able to chart our course has been so important. And so what about language and the words you choose? Because you're very, you're very intentional with the, the ways in which even y'all, even when we were about to get started today and I'm frazzled running around doing stuff. I don't know why, the, you know, the the the, the <laughs> colliding in, in my was like a calamity Jane day and I refuse to let it be that. And Mama Jay was like, I am here for you. And I was like, oh, thank you. Oh, gosh. You know, so yeah. the words that you use, the intentional like choice of words that help to turn that pain that you've experienced in different parts and aspects of your life into something so powerful. Yeah. I mean, I've been reflecting on this a lot as I work on writing into the gaps of my book manuscript. Um, And at the core, it comes down to really my journey of, I think when the unbecoming truly began, when I knew I wanted to manifest the dream of becoming a mama Mm -hmm. and the so many unspoken learnings that happened that led me to be like, okay, how do I actually want to feel at the end of this journey, right? Of like, from conception as a queer Black woman that was very intentional to her being birthed on my living room floor. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, all those decision points are moments where you are asked to really align with your values and and what matters or to like for them to be challenged. And so I think at the root of it, it was really that journey of becoming a mother. And then also the moment she arrived, (laughs) realizing that it was a journey of letting go. We were not in control anymore. Okay. I think becoming a mother for me, like you, like, I was like, oh, so I'm not, so I'm, I'm not really in charge. Right? <laughs> I'm in an interim role for the next 18 years. That's what you're saying? Yeah, I'm manager, right? Manager. <laughs> Maybe executive, but definitely a manager of someone else's life, of teaching yeah. them and supporting them to be humans in this uncertain world. And I think uncertainty for me and for lots of folks who listen to this podcast has been a constant. Like, if you're like, what is the thing that has become the thing you can rely on? It is uncertainty. Yeah. And what has felt so challenging about that idea is that I think I've spent my whole life living with uncertainty. This does not feel, it feels amplified in this moment, but it definitely doesn't feel new. Yes. And I've been tired. And I think lots of folks have been tired because it's not like we, things weren't just like, Easy breezy, beautiful color girl, you know, and then we just looked up and we were like, about the pandemonium. Wait a minute, now things are uncertain. No. Right. What are you calling it now? 
The pandemonium. That's the that's the pandemonium. Okay, I'm here for it. I've been seeing panorama, so I'm always a panorama. I am in the pandemonium. You know, my mom is like the Ponderosa, and now yes. <laughs> which is a well, well here in New York anyway it was like a popular um, buffet. Same in the Midwest. Yeah. I know. Yep. <laughs> you know about the Ponderosa. I do. <laughs> so you know, in really thinking about like. The fact that there have been some folks who have had the opportunity to take a beat. There have been some folks who've had to take a beat because they didn't have any other choice. Yeah. And then there's some folks who needed desperately to take a beat, but because life actually sped up, have not been able to do so. Yeah. How are you able to help folks reconcile those realities? when oftentimes they overlap. Absolutely. I mean, I think it connects um, to the very thing we were just speaking of, right? Of this orb that I do believe is part of the um, as above, so below. Like we're in the year of Aquarius, things are shifting. Um, we, we needed a change systematically, right? And so, it's not like it happened the moment we declared the panorama, right? It happens slowly over days and months and weeks and years and decades, right? Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's it's actually been in the slowing down. It feels counterintuitive, but that's because of our conditioning. White supremacy has taught us urgency. Woo, I'm rolling my shoulders on that one because... Even when I hear the word slowing down, I <laughs> I, feel it. I got tension in my neck, y'all. I mean, uh, we're not we're we're not designed as Gemini's to slow down. We like to do, um, but I'm I've been unlearning the doing, and that part of that is being. being. <sighs> this conversation sounds so familiar. First of all, y'all, we have had some of these talks, <laughs> and also the therapist. Okay, has been like talk about being. Yes, right. I mean, fully supported. I should name right. Like yes. these, these learnings have come after yeah decades of therapy, really being on a spiritual journey back mm-hmm. to myself, and really, quite frankly, rebuilding my entire life, family, and community. Um, when the crossroads of white supremacy like intersected with both the personal and the professional. And if you can talk a little bit about how that looked and recount for me as best, you know, as best you can, what that means. Cause a lot of times folks are like, okay, Kashana, I, I get the system and I get the institution, but it, I don't understand how that, how that affects me, me and my, my a whole me, <laughs> me and my yeah. a whole me. I mean, so for me, it showed up as, a leader, um, seeing a huge gap where equity work was needed, but no one was dedicated to that work. And being that I showed up for every door and opportunity as a (laughs) recovering people pleaser, which again is a symptom of supremacy. I'm going to breathe into that. Um, I felt the duty and the responsibility because of my knowledge, both lived um, experience and professional to like raise my hand and be like, I can hold that. Like you actually aren't using me to my full capacity. And I can do that. Okay. And I can do that. Like I don't have the answers, but I know how to gather the folks to get yeah. what we need to start moving. Um, and as that was happening for me professionally, I learned about white supremacy culture practices. And I was like, hmm, yep, these show up for me in all areas of my life, but I really could only honor how they were showing up for me professionally. And meanwhile, (laughs) they were were showing up at home, um, but in ways that I was quite frankly in denial about, defensive about, and self-betrayed my like myself by not being honest about how much I had to shift and bend and fit in to receive love. Um, and wow. Wow. That's my biggest worry. Worry. 
I have, I have a lot of anxiety around that. So as you know, you know, you and I've talked about this. I am actively dating and it's, it's public in the sense that I'm sharing the lessons. Yes. Usually they're like in real, real time, but sometimes they're like a week delayed, maybe two. You, you know? gotta delay it because you're processing. That's that being. Yeah. I'm like, I have instinct and I can tell you in moment, here's how I'm viscerally responding to this, but also I need a moment so I can just make sure that that's, that initial thing was the thing. And so as I am, um, as I'm moving through these lessons, I realize that the process of dating is, has in this moment right now is becoming less about finding my person and more about the readiness that I need to have to be my best person so that I actually can come into a potential partnership like with all the goodness and understanding, you know, the muscle goodness. You ever ever put something like a broccoli or or a zucchini or something and you forget to throw the garbage out? You come into the kitchen the next day because you had tossed some of it and you're like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so I have I have wibbly bits like that. I have those little pieces that they were tasty and delightful day before. Next day, not so much. They were little smell. No. And the so, truth is, we all do. We all do. We do. I mean, that's that's I think also been the unlearning. It's yeah. You know, part of partnerships, whether they're professional or personal, or there's a bridge between the two. Yeah. Um, is our humanity like? There's no perfection there's no perfect alignment it's work relationships are work and so yeah I think we have to to own that we're looking for folks who can love and honor the whole picture <laughs> and yeah. some of those aren't so great right well, I'm not so great some of some parts of the picture you're like Ugh. yeah look over here, look over here. <laughs> <laughs> and something you said mom J like we're looking to be in those relationships. And I think for a long time, many of us did not look at work and the folks at work as important relationships. Absolutely. There were people at the, at the job, right? There were things to get accomplished at the job, but not that we were in actual relationships, some healthy, some not, yep. some stale, some exciting, some toxic, some abusive, let's go with it, right? Yeah. Some some where we felt trapped. Yep. By other relationships that didn't have anything to do with work. Yep. <laughs> Silenced, right? So as you think about the work that you do now, because you are working with organizations, empowering professionals who are who are navigating, I don't want to say dealing with navigating the complexity, the nuance of equity and justice focused work every single day. When you think about all of that, how do you help folks understand how to build, maintain, reestablish healthy relationships at work through that lens? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's important to own it's taken time. Like it wasn't something I was clear on right on my onset um, of this work. And I think it speaks to being ready for what you unearth (laughs) when you meet the reality that we are all operating in these systems of oppression. Yes. Um, And the willingness and need to not just disrupt them, but I've gotten really clear, like we need to divorce from that relationship Mm. and then dismantle and then rebuild, right? And so part of it is like, it's stages, right? It's helping folks wake up and really understand that there are white, these practices, right? These ways of being that we're so conditioned that we're like, wait, that's a thing? I thought that was just how Susie was or you know, Michael or whatever. And we've got rewards for those behaviors. Yes. And de-incentivized when we didn't go along or learn them fast enough or master them quickly. Yep. And then they got couched as professionalism. Professionalism, right? Like, oh, you're not being professional enough or you need to you know, get better on certain skills that will make you more accessible. And it's like accessible to who? Like, let's name 
name it. It's white folks. It's the supremacy that um, we need to adhere to these patterns that actually don't serve any of us. Um, and so, so they don't serve any of us. Now, go there. Why? Do you so you're like, friend, these patterns don't serve you because. Yeah, I mean, because it's the water we swim in. So let me say it in a different way. One of my daughter's favorite shows right now is Storybots. And there's this episode about the planets, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, for many decades, centuries, we didn't understand Earth's perspective, right? Like in the cosmos, we didn't have a visual of that. Um, but now we can see, right, we're part of this bigger yeah. cosmic energy, right? And so white supremacy is like that. We are in the ocean together. And we've been literally, many of us, like, we're in yachts. <laughs> There's some of us that are, like, doggy paddling, right? Some of us have some cute, you know, paddle boards or kayaks or, you know, little speedboats. Um, but we're all operating in this water. And so it's hard to see it because we've been socialized by the very folks who do love us, right? The yeah. places we've poured our resources in, like education, right? And colleges and universities um, mm -hmm. and churches, right? Our religion, religious institutions to teach yeah. us. Yeah. These, these practices. So of course, by the time we get to our workplace, we learn, we relearn them um, in a professional way in these organizations. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back in a few. We have all been there. Losing a team member is like throwing money in the trash and putting it outside for pickup. In fact, according to my most recent deep dive, on these internet streets. According to the research, you can lose up to $200,000 in revenue and a lot of time when you don't make a great hire and your team members, well, they leave. So how do you find amazing talent and create the conditions for them to stick? If you've ever had a hard time hanging on to your team, you're looking for new strategies to help your team grow or you're ready to level up as a manager and leader, then I have something for you. Sticky Teams, a private podcast just for everyday leaders, people managers, business owners, and folks who are looking to do talent management right so that you can recruit, retain, and develop great employees. I'm going to help you keep them engaged and make sure all of this aligns with the strategy and goals of your organization. The days of hiring and firing, of finding them and losing them are gone. Dig on in to Sticky Teams over at Kashanaco.com. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Now, let's head back to Let's Take This Offline. It is so true. I'm thinking about like all the ways in which this gets reinforced. And I keep thinking about that reinforcement and that reward. Yeah. Right? With that, the accolades, 20 under 20, 30 under 30, 40 under 40. Right. Or most distinguished or well-deserved by those who've gotten them. No knock on that thing. But yeah, marker for what success means. Absolutely. The underbelly of that are all of these white normative practices that we've been taught like this is the way you win. Yep. And if you want success, then you need to follow these rules, these practices, these ways of being, because we've figured it out, right? We've, we've, it's so internalized for us. We're now teaching it to you so that you internalize yourself and we don't have to do it. Yeah. And it's gotten so, so to the point where 
outside of certain professions that require you to have a particular type of advanced degree, so a lawyer, a doctor, et cetera, many of us have, we've gotten into that. You and I were talking about this recently, the, the credentialing business. Yes. Ooh, but for the mm. certificate and yes. the course. I, mean, I feel like I should toast to mine because I, I made the investment. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I got a couple of Harvard ones over there, and then I got my seal for me. You know, we have the thing. We have earned this. We're credentials. We're credentialed, okay? I often say, folks, like, please do not let the, the relaxed colloquial language <laughs> fool you. There are multiple degrees and many, many credentials. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just put the comma and just fill it in the way you want. And, and and witness us being able to use that and then show up as our authentic selves to keep it real and like really have the conversations that quite frankly need to happen. And I feel like folks are ready. Not everybody. <laughs> um, <but laughs> That's cute for you. Right. Or they'll say like um, the thing I, I think, tell me if you get this sometimes, the thing that I get quite frequently is well, Kashana, you own your own business. Oh, you yeah. work for yourself, so you can do whatever you want. Um, see, there's this thing called business development, <laughs> of which there are lots of folks out there who you want a subset of them in here. Yep. So you actually cannot do whatever you want. Like that's actually not the name of the game per se. It's a, it's a it's a perception. Yeah. With the mirrors. Yep, it's true. And ultimately, I mean, I think what I've been experiencing, especially since the beginning of this year, is realizing I just created my own hamster wheel. Like I got off one and then I rebuilt one based on my own like desires and dreams. And then I reached that success again. And I was like, mm, this this doesn't feel like success. <laughs> I want it to look different. I need to unlearn some other ways of being because it if I keep going at this pace I will be burned out quarter after quarter but think about that like that's one of the things that was a hard reality for me in building a practice and then a company that I feel proud of one I, in in the year of oh, 2021 I am burning this bitch to the ground <laughs> go back and look at my Facebook memories tell me all my business right <laughs> Every year in September, I'll be wondering, I'm tired, exhausted, and burning something to the ground. I just want you to know. So clearly, something is happening in the lead-ups of June, July, and August that do not allow me by September to feel rested. So yeah. this is the last year that I'm going to see this memory and have the same experience again. Because it's happened, even when I work for organizations, it was the same thing. I've been on Facebook since you have to have a .edu address, okay? So it's the no. same memory over and over and over again. This is dumb. At this point, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I feel like this is that moment where I want to lovingly, as a fellow Gemini and a lover of the cosmos, like, maybe this is our our ruling planet giving you that loving reminder. Yeah, like, you're naming, you're done. Like, you don't want to see that reminder anymore, but you're seeing that reminder because you took the time to reflect as a leader, right, of your own life to stop and notice, then reflect, right? And then you were like, I'm going to do one better and I'm going to document it for accountability, not just for myself, but for those that support me. So yeah. it popped up, you know, for a moment like this. <laughs> and so then I said, okay, Kashana, like, who, like, who do you want to be? I think that that's the thing that I've been um, so, like, excited to walk alongside you as you are unlearning, unbecoming, and then relearning and teaching yourself. So to your point about jumping off of one hamster wheel onto another, the behavior is what we know how to do well. Yeah. And I think that oftentimes folks think, and right now I was reading an article the other day, um, and I talked about this recently, about the uh, great resignation. Right? Mm. Are, they're like, I quit this bitch. <laughs> and let it burn, right? Like folks are ready to let it burn. They're like, let it burn. Do you have a plan? No, let this burn. <laughs> like, don't you should have come up with a plan. <laughs> not good. We did. That's not smart. You know? Um, and one of the things that is becoming clear is that for many of us, we don't recognize the behaviors that we actually have and perfected and they have become second nature to us yeah. until we try to put ourselves in a different situation 
thinking that we're going to need a different set of skills or that those behaviors were situational as opposed to a part of who we are in that particular season that we actually have to get a redo. Yeah. So how do you like take that minute to pause? How do folks do it? I mean, I know it's probably different for every single person, but like in general, like how, how folks, so somebody listening to this going, huh, sounds good. Also, that mortgage and then rent and also, mm-hmm. which so like, what are some things that we can do to be able to say like, okay, I might need to slow this thing down, flip it and reverse it. Yeah. I mean, what comes to mind is my former self, right, of, I mean, I think it's important to name that we've been conditioned that having a paycheck and, you know, insurance every month equals stability. And in one vein, it does. And yet you are also giving more for that, for those aspects of our life, right? And please don't let me like fool you. Like I have my privileges and like insurance is expensive. (laughs) Whether you get it it from your employer, which yes, it's slightly discounted, but again, like I, I pay for insurance, right? And it's one of my top expenses. So I don't want to downplay the importance of like those key aspects in our lives during a global panorama. (laughs) And I think a starting place is, have you taken a sick day? Mental health falls under, you know, a sick day. Um, I think we should probably stop calling it a sick day, even as I say that, right? And try to like Mm -hmm. position our mental health and well-being under that umbrella that actually no longer fits. Right? Like we are are doing every aspect of our lives for many of us still in our homes, right? And so we need to understand what it what living this life now, um, how it impacts us when we're in the world, when we're on Zooms, when we're going nonstop. Nonstop. And for me, quite frankly, it was a gift of uh, suggestion recommendation that you gave to one of our clients that in many ways, yeah, set radical rest into motion for me. So just for some of y'all who haven't seen um, some of the writing that I've been doing about this. So radical rest for me was it actually, I always say this joke that it, that the idea came from a frustrating conversation where I was working with a, a client and they were worn out. And both Mama Jay and I worked with this uh, particular um, set of lovely humans. And we were coming at not opposite ends, but like we were like, you know, we're on <laughs> train tracks, but different ones. And then they're coming into the same station. It was the Mama Jay and the Mama K love sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> coast to coast. From coast to coast. Okay. Yeah. I remember being like, y'all, y'all are so tired. You need to rest. And I was like, what would it, what would it look like if you just took a break? Yes. Like if the organization has the resources to to do it, what does it look like to intentionally pause? And they've done it. Another client of mine has done it, um, did it at the end of this summer um, and it's catching on. And so when I talked with you about it, you were like, okay, so tell me about your like venture into rest. That's what I want to know. My venture into rest, I mean, it was activated with your, what I now am lovingly calling your radical recommendation. I was like, wait a minute. If this other brilliant, dope black woman that I'm working with and we're wrapping around as care for this other black woman and team, like, is she speaking to me? Like, I felt like you were sending me a message, like, (laughs) through our client, right? And I was like, okay, what would it look like if I took three weeks? And it felt so radical because I had that moment, like, how am I going to pay the bills? I need to wrap up client work and then it's the holidays and then I need to get new contracts going. And then when I really looked at the calendar, I was like, I got baby girl for two weeks. There's the holiday, like two of those three weeks, like I can't really be working anyway. So why not give myself the gift and practice, which I know not everyone has the ability to do. And believe me, 
still using the credit cards for sure to support, you know, this growth and expansion um, from a transparency standpoint, right? Um, because in consulting works, you're, you're waiting for clients to pay, right? For various reasons. And so I, it was a, a true practice of trust, quite frankly, and to allow that divine timing, right timing was going to support what needed to happen next. And still here, (laughs) I have a roof over my head. I've been eating well and finding ways to keep resting. I love that. And I think, you know, that was so powerful for me because it was a suggestion, you know, listen, y'all, I suggested it with some bass in my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Suggestion. But also it was one that was very hard for me to do myself. And so I actually had to, so folks are listening to us like back to the thing. So y'all just took time, so you can just take time off. Some of us can't do that. Hey y'all, hold on. I'm some of us. Let me tell you how I remixed my own suggestion. So I looked at my entire calendar year. I looked at everything I had committed to. I looked at what was paying, what wasn't. I looked at what made sense for me to do, whether it paid or not. I looked at what my family planning was going to be. My The Queen Age is turning 16 this year. I have a party that I want to be able to give for a small one, gift for her, but, you know, she won't turn up, turn up for my 16-year-old um, and other things I want to do with my life. And if all I'm doing is working to pay bills and pay my team, but I'm not actually enjoying the now while saving for that, then what am I doing? Like, this is ridiculous. So I went back through my calendar and I started to block off by quarter opportunities for me to intentionally pause and opportunities for me to work and pause so that I wasn't talking to clients and I wasn't trying to book business and I wasn't on social media. And the hilarious thing is I've already done it two times. Nobody notices. Oh my gosh. Shout out to the power of cross uh, of scheduling everything. Um, Automation. I have a couple more planned. So for me, I couldn't, I couldn't find my way in this moment yeah. to that big chunk because yeah. I knew I felt it bubbling in my gut like there's some things that are going to happen in the company that I need to navigate. But I can plot yes, these smaller points. And let me tell y'all, Mama J, it's so sweet when I know it's coming on Monday and it's so sweet. And, I, and I've been looking forward to it for weeks. So every time I'm weary and I'm in my office late because I typically I stopped working um, into the night, but I've had some things I've got to get done. Because what was happening to me before, and tell me this happened to me. What was happening before was that I was supposed to be resting. <laughs> but I was taking my laptop, my phone, my projects, et cetera. So yes, and forth. All right. Well, that is that is not the definition of R-E-S-T, friends. No, no, it is not. <laughs> but that's important. Like, that's a, that's a step I think we also should, like, name. Yeah. You should define for yourself what rest looks like. And it's going to evolve. Like... I'm actually ending what I call now my sabbatical integration weeks because three weeks is not always realistic. And I definitely know that it aligns of like having my daughter and knowing I wanted to be present after a really intense, right? Like 18 months (laughs) of schooling and, and all of that. Right. And so I had to name, and again, shout out to my therapist, for being like, what is rest for you, right? Like, what does that look like? And you have to practice it. Like I actually, pre- like when, from the time you shared the radical recommendation to the three three weeks that I took, yeah, um, was around 64 days. And that's how many days it takes to build a new neuro pathway. Wow. And so I took each day to practice one of the ways that look like rest. And sometimes it's as simple as sitting out in the sun for five minutes. We've talked about that. Y'all, let me tell y'all about the power. When you talk about the work that we do and particularly the work that you do, that is heart centered, right? And because it's heart centered and because it's also intellectual and because it pulls on people's lived experiences and because it forces people to look at their whole personal selves in a work context and people are just undone. Okay. Yeah. Not using the EAP and the, they're using the health insurance for the people who are insured. Yeah, um, seriously. And really, you're not. <laughs> so, take that sick day. <laughs> right. 
So for folks, for the work that you that we do and for the work that you that you really focus on, that thing will drain you right out. And so just the act of going to sit in the sun. Yes. And be like, every day I eat my sandwich. Because you're in the bed. You're so lucky. I miss it so much. <laughs> but I enjoy it. Except for the mosquitoes this summer, which were really terrible. Um, <laughs> I enjoy getting out. I put my walking shoes on and I went for a brisk walk because they would not yeah. mind when you were walking them, when you're walking. But I got out and looked at, the, just look at the sun and it just, what a difference. Didn't it make a difference for you in how you felt? Absolutely. I mean, it's our power source. Yeah. It's how our food grows. Like we get nourishment from it as well. So, so important. And so, so people being able to find their way to their own plan and to what makes sense for them, I think it's so important. So when you think about like planning, okay, so you had to like undo, redo, relearn. Let's talk about this. That happened in your personal life, also in your professional life. Yo. So you you jumped into the deep end of what now has become the hot bot the hot the hot topic the hot button issue area yeah our professional time and that is thinking about justice racial equity diversity equity inclusion and access and and every subcategory that falls underneath it folks are just throwing stuff at you left and right totally so how did you decide? Where to focus? Hmm. That's a beautiful question in this moment. <laughs> I, I mean, it. This is that quest. Um, yeah. Because while it's a buzz now, um, when I really planted the seeds of my own learning, my own waking up, it was um, as I really made that transition from. My, my home of origin, which is Kansas yeah. City, born and raised. And then I was like, I'm going to go over here to the South and <laughs> experience Nashville, Tennessee, and um, really begin to understand um, who I was, how I showed up in the world, how I wanted to show up in the world, what was perceived yeah. of me from an intellectual standpoint, right? So then it became about trying to understand and shift my own lived experience. And so, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's really been, as I mentioned at the beginning, a becoming of what I thought I was supposed to do and how I wanted it to go. I mean, this is that moment where I thought I would have a PhD by now. Like me I- too. Yeah, I wanted one. I, I actually applied and didn't get in because I had, you know, too many ideas, <laughs> um, which is actually my design. I think it's that moment of like learning about yourself that some ideas are for you and other ideas are to share um, with the world. But I needed to practice I don't um, my own I some of my own ideas before I could. The world was ready. That has been a hard lesson for me to learn. And actually, I was talking to a good girlfriend of mine who told me that she wants me to sunset mm. some of my ideas. Some of that is they've made it out in the world. I've peeked out. I've said a thing. I've gotten folks excited. And she's like, you don't want to do that. That is not the right thing you can be doing. That might have just been for you. It's okay to be a wealth of ideas. And I'm like, well, what do I do with all of these things? Yes. You got to RIP to the ideas. And sometimes yes. there are ideas that, are, again, they're just for you and your quiet thoughts, your journal, and your downtime. Yeah, I mean, in writing, they call them like killing your darlings, right? Like, some of your darlings, that's actually exactly what you said, killing your darlings. Yeah, you're like, this was the most brilliant thing. And then you're like, yeah, but does it really allow for my sustainability? And is it in alignment with the other pieces I really want to do? I mean, that's been the journey. I feel like my coming to this work has also been prototyping, right? Where in a frontier that yes, we have so much to build on from our, our ancestors and movements before and our current movements are showing us many ways and yet we need all of it to make this pivot. Um, so true. Yeah. So that brings me to my curiosity about, okay, so all of that means that right now, what you are helping folks organizations to zero in and do now is what? Because yes. your skills are bad. You just said you just said two seconds ago. Yes. 
I mean, it's really honed into to two two key strategies is what I'm framing them as. It's about mindsets mm-hmm. and it's about modes. Um, to co-design for liberation, you have to practice liberatory mindsets. You have to train your brain to work and think and in new ways and most likely um, in ways that have never been modeled for any of us. Um, and then there's the modes. It's the ways we, we work, the things we do things, our habits. Um, there's, there's many ways we can operate. Sometimes it's important to empathize and sometimes it's important to try it on. Sometimes we need to ask questions, right? And I love um, how you speak about being a living practitioner. I mean, I am in alignment with that because we, we learn by doing, right? And as leaders, I know we both have growth mindsets, right? Where it's like, there's always something to learn and grow and become or unbecome. And um, that's part of the work, holding space for that. Such part of work. And although, you know, I know that at least in my negative woods, I get on some people's nerves with my growth mindset because um, my, my therapist said to me once, you know, Kashani, you are not a problem to be solved. I was like, am I not? <laughs> because if there's a if there's a, a problem, a situation, a conundrum, I'm on it. You know, that, that is how I'm designed to do. Like, what what is the problem again? Let me go. But that's also, I mean, I think what's an interesting perspective shift that I've been thinking about is, you know, our, the the idea of fixing, right, Mm -hmm. is like giving, is trying to give us some sort of qualification. And we try to fix externally with the degrees and the, the, the bodies of knowledge that we learn. But there's a lot of the internal that we have to excavate that isn't actually serving us. Come on. And I mean, listen, y'all. <laughs> Did not say that Mama J, the word choice is wicked because she she said that's right. okay. Like this. Yeah. Is specific. I mean, to be fair, literally last week it began on my corner, and I was like having a conversation with another mama, and I was like, they are jackhammering, and she's like, yeah, you know. They're, they're excavating, and so are you. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I'm bringing you the the wisdom, the love, the knowledge. <laughs> but one of the things in terms of you talked about doing and being and having to really work at being, for me, it has been work to just be. Like to mind my business, to say nothing, to have a, a potential solution and sit. Yeah. Be in a space and be like, well, when you're ready for it, it'll come, you know, or you go get it, whatever it is. But it doesn't or have when to. you ask, I mean, I think there's so much assumption, right? There's so much assumption, like part of why it's work of us actually having to enact our boundaries is because folks are waiting for us to give them the answer. And many of us, myself included, I have had to unlearn and relearn that it's not my job to do that. You know, I'm still in. I'm still in the oven baking. Okay, and put me in the oven. I'm baking. I'm not done yet. Oh, um, it's so true. It's so true. But I mean, that's mind blowing. First of all, I hope y'all caught that. If not, just backtrack thirty seconds on this one. <laughs> Start again, okay? Because that's exactly. Listen, come on. That's it. I need to switch y'all. Y'all know I love a good cocktail, okay? I put it too far away from this darn setup. <laughs> Go, 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 Gadget. Go, go. Listen. I mean, that's what we know how to do. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And I think that if we have the, if we allow ourselves, not if we have, if we allow ourselves the opportunity to have a beginner's mind, to choose to learn, not because we're trying to get to a goal, a new job, or this or that, but for the purpose of giving ourselves a longer lifespan, you know, um, I wonder what it would look like for us in the ways in which that we, you know, we decided to participate in our own lives. Because some of us are not participating. We are on the drive through of our own lives. Just don't wanna, can I get a number nine, please? Because, you know, that. listen. Maybe with a switch out of like a Sprite instead of a Coke. <laughs> you're, feeling <laughs> you're feeling fancy in your life. Right? 
it's time for us to do a new thing. And I think that is so, so, so critical as we think about this concept of, you know, being able to unlearn, being able to relearn, um, that you actually have the capacity to do that, that making the time to do that is so critical. And that I don't know if you can do it all alone. There's some work that's self-work. That part, that part. I think for many of us, and I know this was true for me until only a couple of years ago, get a coach. <laughs> I am a coach. Then I, one day I was like, wait a minute. If, if I, my therapist doesn't have a therapist, I don't know what's going on over there. So I need to coach everything. I had a dating coach. I had a soul coach. I have an actual business coach. You know, like th- Because when I show up for folks, I want to make sure that they know that I've aligned myself with the resources and the reinforcements. And to your point, the love and correction that I need to be able to help them get where they need to go. So you have to be able to do that. But a lot of folks don't want to make those kind of investments because it doesn't seem like there's a clear return or, or maybe it doesn't seem like there's a short term return on making those investments. So folks are reluctant to do it. Do you see that in your work that you've got to get folks to be like, hey, Yeah. I mean, I think it's, again, it's that scarcity mindset that if you don't have, I mean, yes, there's the the reality of not having the funds and wanting to be intentional about not living over your means. And that's whether personally or right as a business, like we're all in that dance. And yet (laughs) our government, right, is about to expand the limit. So it's also like, there's some confusing messaging here, right? And so I think it's important that those are the investments that actually are gonna keep you on track and moving forward. And I've had to learn that myself as well. Like part of my maybe never unlearning is that like, I show up for my calendar. If there's an event there, especially if I've paid someone else, like I'm gonna do the work so that I can show up as my best self for that appointment. And so maybe think of it that way, right? That you are setting up structures so that you can show up and be accountable to your dreams, to your outcomes, to the vision that you have. I mean, I think that is so true because I feel like one of the things I was talking to my brother about this the other day that like I'm word choice. And I really have gotten this. You and another one of my girlfriends are so good about being like, let me read it. Let me help read. Let me walk you a different, a different set of words. You know? yeah. I'm not busy right now. My, 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 my plate is full and I'm operating in the season of fullness because I'm planting some things. I'm ripping up some weeds. I'm working. I'm in the garden, hat on, sun hot. Yep. Beads of sweat. Beads of sweat. <laughs> get my calories in that way. Get to, get, get my hands dirty. And so that means that there are going to be some things that I can't, engage in, participate in, be a part of whatever because of what's happening right here. Absolutely. And I used to look at it before like I'm missing out. FOMO was real, y'all. People think now we always looking out the window like, can I come? I can't come. And then we're also social butterflies. Like, let's be honest. We we have that one toe, like, fully in our jammies with, like, whatever drink we have in the moment with, like, wait, what's happening? Like, I kind of wanted that invite, but I really didn't. I mean, (laughs) that's what Why did you go? Were you going to go? No. But you have that outfit that you could have maybe worn. And it's fly, too. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I think like what this is revealing to me is that um, on our journey to be our best selves, it happens in stages and seasons and it's a process and we have to lean into that process and we have to have the tools that come along with us for the process. And what shows up in one area doesn't just show up in one, it shows up in other areas. I mean, we've been taught that we can just focus on one, but really we can't. It, really we can't. We, we can't. I, I've tried. I, that, and then people just say like, why did, why did uh, uh, Lorraine become undone? Okay. Because Lorraine was trying very hard to keep everything squeezed in this one Ziploc bag of her personal life, but it was spilling. And was impacted by how, where we show up the most, which is our workplaces or how we are of service in the world, right? Yes, Um, Yes, absolutely. And I think that's so, so, so critical. 
Um, listen, I, we just we probably have to like do a, a live Q and A or something with us together because folks, I, I already know the comments about to be crazy, and I am dropping all of your information in our show notes today, y'all, so that you can um, get on Mama J's calendar, get on one of her VIP days. <laughs> You're not able to get on her days for months at a time. So get on one of the VIP days that, that we'll have in the show notes. Where do you hang out the most online, um, on social? Yeah, my favorite places are Instagram. You can definitely find me there daily. Um, and I've resurfaced on LinkedIn. I've, I've recognized that many of my professional friends and colleagues are there. And so really activating some of the conversations I want to have, not just in my journal or with dear colleagues and fellow consultants, but also with, with you. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Come, Come listen, if y'all don't hang out, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but I have <laughs> questions that we, you know, we have to ask everybody who hangs out with us on the show. So right. the questions I've got for you is what is your biggest pet peeve in the sector right now? Hmm. Yeah. Um, the fact that everyone's looking for a checklist or an easy button because it doesn't exist. Does not exist. Yeah. yeah it gets on all the way on my nerves. Yeah. And if you think if you think you've actually found it, it's probably a scam or a short term solution. You better tell it. Somebody out listen because the coins are here to be had and people are out here like, let me get it. Everybody yeah. is not out here. There's an arc. There's an arc. <laughs> And in, in any profession, right, or field, and I think it's important to name that yes. there are folks out here charging coins and then not showing up when they've given radical suggestions um, or recommendations. And, you know, I lovingly and with integrity um, call myself Mama J because I bring the mama love. And sometimes that's tough love, um, but it's always unconditional love. I love that. What is one thing you think leaders should talk more about? Hmm. Rest. Mm-hmm. Um, that we actually don't really know what we're doing, especially now. Come on. Um, like mm-hmm. just owning the uncertainty and how we're using the tools we have at the best of our ability. But no one can really predict where we're going to be a year from now or even by the end of the year. So I think... Yeah, it's important to just be radically honest and transparent right now and not try to do it alone. Not try to do it alone. I love that. So what is the song or songs you listen to when you are in your like get hype, get focused, let's go? I mean, I can always press play on some Beyonce homecoming and get in the mood um, of creation, that Virgo energy to just be like, I'm showing up as my best self. Um, I'm really enjoying Alicia Keys new, um, song La La. Um, and there's always like, I'm bringing back the, the jams from my childhood, like Baker, yes! right. Just got her right. So there's some, yes! um, come on, pulling out my Aaliyah CD. Cause I don't, you know, there's technicalities there that I'd rather support my CD purchase. Um, yeah, but you know, there's all, and some kid songs, like again, Storybots, the planets are pretty yes. cool around here. <laughs> Your mom, particularly when you have um, young ones, do you, you know all the kid bop and you know all the, all the good stuff. So our, our, our ears uh, get to expand a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on high alert for what's appropriate for the baby. So I love that. My all time favorite, I got to give shout out to the alphabet rockers. They're who we love to play in this house and black girl magic. Always going. I love that. Okay. And one more, let's see if you can get me this one. If you were to say you were like a sitcom character, (laughs) who would you, who would you be closest to or what matchup? mashup I mean I often am channeling Olivia Pope because I just want to like bring her you know the fierceness of the look Um, and just being like I got it handled but I'd rather like not I don't want to handle such extreme cases so Mm -hmm. 
I feel like I'm I'm the mix of Olivia Pope turned Earth Mama. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Erica Badu, you know, she's not on the sitcom, a little Olivia Pope. I like that. I like that. I like that. I love that. That is awesome. Listen. We could talk all day, you know, we would, y'all. We could. Make sure you stay connected to Mama J on all of the socials. And if you liked what you heard today, why don't you like us? Share this out with your friends. Subscribe to this podcast and let everybody know that we are the dopest podcast in town. I am so excited to have had you on today with me for another great episode of Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Mama J, thank you so much for hanging out with me, friend. Thank you for having me. Such a joy. Absolutely. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Like what you heard and need a little bit more of this in your life? Well, I want you to head on over to Kish Camp, my virtual camp for stressed out managers who are looking to manage people better and lead with confidence. You can head over to Kish Camp at www.kishcamp.co.